0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Len Kasten back with us. Joined the U.S. Air Force Aviation Cadet Program after graduating from Cornell University. While in the Air Force, he experienced his own UFO encounter that had a incredible effect on his life. And although he didn't realize until a few le- years later, while working in Washington, D.C. in the 60s, He felt drawn to join the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, NICAP. That was founded by a fellow by the name of Donald Kehoe and NICAP was the most prestigious organization in the country at the time investigating UFO phenomena. He now also writes for the New Dawn magazine, published in Australia and New Zealand. His latest work is called Dark Fleet. Len, welcome back. Looking forward to this one, my friend.
1: Hi, George. Nice to be back with you again. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I hope you are, too.
0: I am. I remember my little NICAP membership card when I was a kid. (laughs) I joined that because I loved UFOs. It was great.
1: I know, and it had some very, very distinguished uh, people in it, like Helen Cutter and uh, a few others.
0: Every time the mail would come and I'd get a little letter or something from them, I'd freak out.
1: I <laughs> know. It was fun. Yeah, they, they were the first. They were really the first ones. It's interesting how these
0: organizations, as a young boy, have an effect on you when you grow up later in life. I mean, I never thought I'd be talking about them later on a broadcast show.
1: I know,
0: life is strange, isn't it, George? It sure is, sure is. Well, you did great with Alien World Order, The Reptilian Plan, and this one is amazing. I want to talk with you about a lot of stuff, Len, but let's talk about Dark Fleet and the Nazis. The war ends 1944-45, but what happens to the Nazis?
1: Well, they were still around. They uh,
0: never, never stopped, did they?
1: Well, you know, Berlin was reduced to ashes, Germany was reduced to ashes, but the Nazis were not.
0: Well, we had P- Project Paperclip, where we brought in about a thousand German scientists. That's right. And many of them had worked on the V 2 program, which bombed Britain and London, killed thousands of people. That's right. Um did, they stay, did these people stay Nazis, or did they change and become true Americans?
1: No, they were committed. They were, they were still committed Nazis. They, that didn't change. They did work with Americans in, in Antarctica together. The aerospace companies worked together, but they didn't change. They didn't change, and that's why they ended up on Mars and the moon instead of staying here. They could have stayed here. If they wanted to. I
0: just watched uh, an Amazon series, Ten Parts, with Al Pacino called The Hunters.
1: Oh, yeah, that's
0: great. It's an amazing show, but in it, they depict Werner von Braun, the father of our modern rock injury, a former German Nazi. He worked on the V2 program. In the worst light I have ever seen him. How could they get away with that?
1: Well, he was a great scientist, but he he was still a very committed Nazi. He was a colonel. He was a colonel in the uh, in the Nazi uh, organization. And he that didn't change. That didn't change.
0: Once a Nazi, always a Nazi?
1: Well, I I think so. They had there was there was always a connection under the surface all the time. And uh his boss uh, at at Penamunda uh came with him here. So they stayed together, but how how could it be that a That a Nazi colonel responsible for killing thousands of people in London, with his V two and V one bombers, became the head of our space program.
0: I know. Did they did they sneak them into our country, or what happened? I mean, no. no,
1: He was he came in with paperclip.
0: Okay, because it was either we get them or the Soviets get
1: them. That's right. That's right. And they they were trying to scare us about uh, communism and about socialism and all that, and. that's why they couldn't go with Russia.
0: Are you convinced that the German scientists got our rocketry program up and running?
1: No, they, they they had the opposite effect. They put the brakes on it. Really? Yeah, sure. They didn't want us to go. They didn't want us to go to the moon and Mars yet. They were already there.
0: They beat us to the moon.
1: Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, they would. They were there in 1942.
0: Tell us about this.
1: 1942, the first. Uh, the first German landing on the moon was, uh, German, was a German soldier. And uh, from that point on, they started burrowing under the surface, and eventually they built what came to be known as the Lunar Operations Command with 11 stories under the surface of the moon, and it's still there.
0: Where did you get this information? Well, it's
1: commonly known now among any, all the researchers now, uh, you know, Corey Goode and uh, all the people that connected with him, and David Wilcock, mm-hmm. uh, Emery Smith. I, they claimed to have already been to that to that location. They were taken there. Corey was taken there.
0: What kind of rocketry did they have to get them to the moon? I mean, did they have rockets the size of the Saturn V at the time? And how did they launch did that? And we didn't even know about it.
1: They had anti gravity. They used. They had. They, they took the Honabu, the so called uh disc. You've seen pictures of that, right?
0: You? Right. They've had reverse technology.
1: They could. They they couldn't get there with rockets. In fact, in fact, Wernher von Braun's book uh, called The Mars Project, written about that time, is all based on rocketry, yet it was impossible for that to happen because the, rocket ship, the rockets were too small at that time. It wasn't until the Saturn v, uh, V5 came along that they could get the heavy lifting that they needed uh, for a, a trip to Mars and back. Uh, so, um, you know, they, they, uh, they used the Hanabu. Hanabu 3 which was anti-gravity.
0: Would Von Braun have been part of their moon program?
1: No, he no, he was not. He couldn't have been because uh they he was more or less under armed guard here in in the US. He, anytime he left the base in uh in New, New Mexico, he had to take he had to have a, an armed escort with him. But eventually uh he, it was realized it was realized that he was very valuable. So 1960, he became the head of,
0: uh, of NASA. Well, he sure did. He yeah. sure did. and was the Marshall probably...
1: Space Program, which was really the central port- part of NASA.
0: Now, when you say the Nazis went to the moon in 1942, did they did they launch or with their anti-propulsion system? I mean, did they leave from Germany, or were they in Argentina? Where were they? Oh,
1: no. Antarctica, Antarctica, they had a base in Antarctica called Base, base 211.
0: They still may, they still may.
1: Yeah, and the, it was a very large base under the ice with huge, huge caverns under the ice, and um, and they also had plenty of land uh, that was available for launching that wasn't covered with ice on, on the surface as well. So... Uh, it wasn't hard for them to leave from Antarctica. And so it was the reptilians that, that really brought them there in the first place. Uh, when you consider that they took that trip to Antarctica, the first trip in 1938 on that ship, the Schwabenland, when they were about to, they were about to launch a war against Poland one year later, here they were sailing across 6,000 miles of ocean to a, wa- a frozen wasteland that they didn't even know they could survive on. Right. It was an amazing story, really.
0: How many people did they end up taking to Antarctica? And well, the
1: first trip on the Schwabenland, you mean?
0: Yeah, and then and then subsequently, I bet they kept coming, right?
1: Yes, yes, they they were crossing the South Atlantic all the time and we began to realize it at that time because we were monitoring some of their trips. But the first the first trip with the Schwabenland, probably only uh, several hundred people. They were all scientists, though. They were almost all scientists of all, all stripes. With
0: that kind of technology, Len, how in the world did they lose the war?
1: They didn't lose the war.
0: That's That's, the point, of,
1: that's the point of the book. That's the point of my book, if they did we, not
0: move. We think they lost the war.
1: They gave up, let's put it this way. They gave up Germany, the physical part of Germany. But they didn't give up the German Nazi spirit that was still with them, and they took that to to Argentina, and to and to Antarctica. Do you
0: think Hitler survived?
1: Yes, I know. I, I'm sure he survived, and it's being this is being seconded by a lot of other people confirmed.
0: Argentina yes. for him, I
1: bet. He went to Argentina. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, heard. you've heard that before, haven't you? Yes,
0: I sure have. Yeah,
1: his house, the house that he that he lived in in Argentina. He had he had Borman build it for him in 1943.
0: It was a mansion.
1: It was, but it looked just like an alpine an alpine hunting lodge. It was the typically German design. And uh, Brad Olson has been down there recently. Have you had him on your show?
0: Brad's been on he, he might be on belief show, and I think he was on Coast once. Well,
1: he, I think he went. He went there to, to the to the very place where Hitler had uh, had had settled he wanted to see it for me, Brad wanted to see him for himself.
0: That's an amazing story. Now when you said that there's a German reptilian connection, tell me about that.
1: Well, I mean that's that's where the Nazis got all their power. They got it from the reptilians starting in uh, 1933 in Germany.
0: And what system did the reptilians come from? What star system?
1: They come from they came from Draco and Orion. But they were also living here uh, before the humans even got here,
0: on our planet,
1: that's a that's a story that it's a long story in itself, and I, I did cover that in my last book, Alien World Order. Right, uh, but they were here before the humans arrived, uh, according to my research, according to um, the Robert Morning Sky and, um, and 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 others.
0: Well, wasn't the the reptilian kind of confused for the devil, then?
1: Well, some do, some thought so because they they, they dwell they, they dwelled in the fourth dimension. That's why they were not visible to us, which we call the astral realm. And so, supposedly, there are all kinds of demons down there as well. But they were not demons. They was, they were just extra. They were just uh, extraterrestrial.
0: All right, but with anti gravity technology. And oh, yeah. the help of the reptilians, you say yeah. that the Nazi- Nazis went to the moon in '42, and then they went on to Mars three years later.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. They started. They started building their colony on Mars, but they uh, they encountered some very tough conditions on Mars. What happened? Well, there were two endo- endogenous, uh, uh, two endogenous peoples living there. They had the the insectoids were living there, and the uh, the so-called reptoids. Which were they were sort of reptilian in nature, but they were different, and they were actually enemies of the reptilians themselves. And uh, they were they were living on Mars when the Nazis got there, and uh, the Nazis had to confront that when they got there.
0: And who won?
1: They did. The Nazis won. They beat them. Oh yeah, yeah. The the repto- the uh, the, rep- the insectoids. By the way, we're a very, a very intelligent race, even though they look like insects.
0: Did they get wiped out?
1: Well, they actually nuked them. The Nazis nuked them. The Nazis nuked the insectoid colony in, north, in the northern part of Mars, the northern hemisphere, to get, to get rid of them. And uh, there, was another, there was another colony in the southern portion of Mars that had no technology. They didn't have the technology of the northern
0: well, I know that we beat the Nazis by a hair getting the nukes when we did, so they must have had theirs right after that, I guess.
1: Well, a lot of people think that uh, the first atomic bomb that we created was really a German bomb. That, there are some that say that.
0: That we that, may have stolen or something?
1: Yes, yes, we got, we got our hands on that technology. Uh, they were very deeply into it, and they really were ahead of it, ahead of us. In, f- in fact, uh, our people in um, who, were, who were working in, on the, on the uh, bomb project knew that. And there was a race there initially. But uh,
0: What an amazing story, Len.
1: Yeah, yeah, really. Um, they were ahead of us in so many ways, so many ways. But it's still remarkable that they would get on this journey and cross the Atlantic 6,000 miles without knowing what awaited them, with a full complement of scientists and educate, and educated people. Uh, these were not just adventurers. This was a, a, a cross-section, an entire cross-section of the German uh, technology and in, in the German economy.
0: And, and this is going to be their new life, basically, basically right? Exactly,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: Did they raise families there and everything else?
1: Well, they went back and forth. They... they uh, they developed a new submarine, too, that they could keep underwater for the entire crossing of the Atlantic. They called them milk-cow submarines. They were huge, and it didn't have to surface. So with that, that's how they, that's how they developed. Uh, they, they went back and forth to Antarctica and to Argentina.
0: That's how they got the Hitler hidden away, isn't it?
1: Yes, Hitler was on that submarine uh, in 1945.
0: God, what would that make him now? Of course, he'd probably be
1: dead by now. Well, he was, he was I think, 100. I know that the entire country celebrated his 50th birthday with a huge bash. Uh, he was probably in his mid-50s at that point. I'm not not sure.
0: When the war ended? Yeah. Yeah, and then that's, what, 75 years ago, 70 years ago, 80 years ago? Yeah, he, he'd be long gone by now. You would think
1: he died, he died. in Argentina in 1962. Yeah, he, uh, he went to he went to Argentina with his wife, uh, Eva, Eva Braun, and his two. He had two children, two daughters, and his dog. He took he took the whole family with him, and uh, she left him towards the end. She couldn't live with him anymore, and she left him alone, and she moved about 250 miles north of where he was living. So in the end, in the end, he died alone.
0: Was he a Nazi to the end?
1: Absolutely. He was fanatic. He was a fanatic. It's yes. too
0: bad, Simon Wiesenthal. As far as we know.
1: Yes, as far as we know.
0: Now, let's talk about some of these super soldiers that they helped try to create as well. What was their plan with that?
1: Well, they they developed a very, very advanced and uh, uh, scientific facility on Mars. It was called the ICC. It was called the uh, ICC. Intergalactic, uh, let's see.
0: Corporate conglomerate.
1: Corporate conglomerate. And they had a very advanced scientific laboratory there. Uh, and they were, they were creating, actually creating cyborgs. You know, you know what a cyborg is, right? Right. They part, were creating cyborgs.
0: Part human, part machine.
1: Right. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Ileana do, do have, have I you
0: I have her? not heard of that person.
1: Well, she was, she was on Mars for 50 years, so she claims. And she worked at that cybernetics laboratory. And they were working on cyborgs. That, that was the main thing they were doing. Because they had established a trade, a, a galactic trade in cyborgs. They were in demand. And
0: uh, and these cyborgs were the super soldiers, I assume.
1: Well, they were part human and part, part electronic. And... Uh, they obeyed. Just obeyed orders, and of course they could. Uh, they could build them up to amazing strength and amazing in- intelligence, and uh, basically all they were—they were all controlled by, by a, a quantum computer.
0: Gosh, they were way ahead of us. Oh
1: yeah, way ahead. Qu- quantum computing. Have you heard of Have you heard of uh, Frank Chile? Do you know? who he yes. is? Yes,
0: yes, I've heard of him.
1: Well, uh, have you listened to any of his? Uh, any any of his uh, he's got some things on youtube he does he yeah. has several, and one of the things he said was that um the the current technology that they had at that time was probably about a thousand years ahead of ours. My gosh, I mean
0: are they still around Who? the the Nazis in antarctica
1: yeah they're in it well no here's what happened here's what happened when they built the when they built a laboratory on Mars. That was what they wanted. They wanted to. They wanted a German-speaking civilization of their own. They didn't want to have to share it with the Americans anymore.
0: And they wanted it on Mars.
1: And they wanted it, well. Mars was like the Wild West. They could go anywhere they wanted, and they were able to breathe the air there. Believe it or not, uh, it's really not that dense the air. And uh, they they decided that that would be their scientific headquarters, and that's. And that's where they created what we call the Dark Fleet. Dark Fleet was uh, their sort of their, their, their solar system police force. They had very advanced technology, very advanced ships, uh, which became the Dark Fleet. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.